Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, starring award-winning real estate coaches and number one international best-selling authors, Tim and Julie Harris. This is the number one daily radio show for realtors looking for a no BS, authentic, real-time coaching experience. What's really working in today's market, how to generate more leads, make more money, and have more time for what you love in your life. And now your hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. We are back and we've got an all new topic for you. It's going to be working with buyers. And this is something that we have been threatening to present for a number of months. And finally, we are ready to share with you some specific points on buyer prequalification, how to determine buyer motivation, and of course, how to get the exclusive agency signed. Julie did a lot of homework and research also in helping you guys to determine not just the motivation as far as like their emotional motivation to purchase something, but also a real drill done on the specific things to make sure that your lender is doing to pre-qualify them, which is incredibly important. And also as a bonus, we're also going to be role-playing our buyer pre-qualification script. And this is the very same script that Julie and I, well, I mean, it's an iteration, a version of the script that we use in our own real estate business and has been since revised uh, a billion times in the past 20 years. So get ready to take lots of notes. And on today's uh, podcast and tomorrow's podcast, the specific four things we're going to be focusing on are, Julie Harris? Yes. So write this down, my note takers. How to get a buyer to actually sign an exclusive buyer agency agreement. How to pre-qualify your buyers for motivation how to really truly pre-qualify for their financial ability to buy, and of course, our copyrighted buyer pre-qualification script that we're gonna role play together. All right, let's start out with some basic coaching because even though we love buyers, we are truly passionate about sellers. Yes, <laughs> that's the that's truth. Right. But we know buyers are part of the equation and many agents start out by focusing on buyers and it makes perfect sense. Now, why do you ultimately want to be focused primarily on sellers as your main source of income as you build your real estate business? And the very simple fact is, is there's no such thing that a bu- of a buyer that absolutely has to buy a that's house. That's right. That's a fact. No buyer, I don't care who they are or how motivated they are, actually has to buy a house. They can always rent, move in with parents or their kids, travel the country in an RV, or extend their current lease. Maybe even corporate housing. There's lots of different options. Another fact, when you, when, not if, when you have enough active listings, you can refer your buyer prospects to buyer partners for a referral fee and just work with your own repeat clients and refer the the rest. You might even refer some of your repeat clients yourself, but at least you have the choice when you are a powerful listing agent. That's right. And in a market like this too, where it is frankly becoming much more uh, opportunistic, you can be much more opportunistic towards focusing on sellers because there's going to be a lot more opportunities, obviously, thus the opportunism uh, to become a listing agent. Really, you're going to discover that for those of you who've been in business for more than a blink, you'll discover that the fact that you ever considered buying a buyer lead as soon as you start taking listings was a complete uh, act of futility because you can easily generate droves and droves of buyer leads once you have listings. And we're going to be touching upon this on the podcast as well. Now, please remember, this is an overview of the buyer system, even though we are going to be giving you the actual buyer pre-qualification script. This is an overview of the Premier Coaching Program, and we have, as we announced yesterday, some incredibly exciting news that hopefully all of you are taking very serious. Now, we are going to be offering to all of you access to our Premier Coaching Program, which has cost $3,000, and you know, $2,500, $3,000 is depending, right, on what level of access you had. But we're going to offer Premier Coaching to all of you loyal podcast listeners 
for free. That's right. You can have 30-day access to Premier Coaching. And when you join Premier Coaching now, uh, you can actually get access to a lot of the things that we're going to be talking about today, a lot of the scripts, the presentations, um, all kinds of lead generation plans. And this includes, it does include a daily semi-private coaching call every weekday, workday rather. Um, that's included with this free subscription. So all you've got to do is text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. There's no monkey business. There's no strings attached. There's no nothing. You guys join Premier Coaching. Now, why are we doing this? Obviously, we know some of you are going to stick around. You're going to want to stay long-term members. Number two, it's because this is a quickly changing market. And a lot of you, and we hear this all the time, we read your emails, we get your messages, you're confused about where you should be going, and you're getting to the point where your confusion is starting to manifest in the uh, – you know, frankly, you're becoming uh, complacent and you're being um, lulled into believing that tomorrow is not going to be better than today. And if you think like that, you, if, in other words, if you allow yourself to start feeling fearful, you're, you are absolutely positively headed for a very you know, bad place. And we want to prevent that. And we know that the first 30 days of Premier Coaching is going to get you into action. It's going to get you going in the right direction. It is a, it, again, a daily semi-private coaching call, but we're going to hold nothing back. Uh, so you are going to have the exact drill down plans that we've been giving to agents for years that really helps them to turbocharge their businesses especially in a market like this. So text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. All the details in the coaching program are there, and it's very easy for you to join the Premier Coaching Program for free. So text the word Premier to 47372. Perfect. So with the changing market conditions, rising interest rates, and uncertainty in the economy, it's important to know which buyers you should spend time with and which might not be so serious. And how do you know the difference? So let's start writing down our points here. Point number one, buyers should be both motivated and qualified. Remember, it's possible to be really super motivated, but not actually qualified, as well as the other way around. So look at your buyer list and ask yourself if they are both motivated and qualified. You might not know how qualified they are. We'll talk about that in a second. So uh, again, we're going to help you with that with our buyer prequalification script in a little bit. And it's incredibly important, again, a lot of incredibly important today. I notice yes. I'm saying that, but it's all true. The, the reason that buyers are really a great source of income for you is if they are completely pre-qualified, and Julie's going to give you the, the list of mm -hmm. things that you have, to, you, you have to make sure that the lender's actually doing before you assume that that buyer's actually able to buy a house. But then there's the financial aspects, but then there's also the emotional aspects. A lot of you work with buyers just because emotionally they're you know showing the, all the right buyer signals. Yeah, they're enthusiastic. They'd love to see a house with you this afternoon. Of course, they? and every and every afternoon, you know, <laughs> every waking hour you have. You don't need nights and weekends. After all, you're working with buyers. Which, by the way, we're we're not doing a very good job. So, you know, we have to make sure that we are enthusiastic about working with buyers. But the yeah. reality of it is, guys, is when you are a listing agent, you get your nights and weekends back. You can work normal business hours, and you can create what's called leverage, which you'll never have in real estate uh, unless you're working with sellers. Sellers create you uh, create leverage for you if you're buyer uh, based. In other words, if you're focusing primarily on selling houses to buyers, you are that buyer's leverage. So it's just, it is what it is. But again, for the sake of this podcast, we're going to stay true to mission. So Julie just said point number one. Now, point number two that you will learn from listening to, to today's and tomorrow's podcast. Point number two, in order to see property with you, buyers must either have proof of a proof of funds letter, if they're all cash, or a pre-approval letter with specific qualifiers from their lender. Now, let's just back up for a second to the all cash thing. 
Make sure you know where that cash is coming from. It's not okay to just have a letter that says, yep, I'm good for it. They need to actually be something, you know, a, a letter from their uh, banker is ideal, something like that, or even a snapshot of their bank account. But let's drill down on that too, because unfortunately that could also be BS, right? It could be. And so someone could have a banker, a lender, or not even a, a lender, but a banker write a letter, or frankly, they can write their own letter and make it appear that it's coming from the bank. Certainly. So one of the things you have to do uh, or you can get a loan officer to do it. And this is, you know, we'll suggest you to go both routes is you got to call up that lender and you got to confirm that that lender's letter is real and the information in the lender's letter is real or the information in the letter from the banker saying that they have all cash is real. Or one of the things that Julie and I would do when we coach all of our clients to do the same thing is no matter what they are, if you're on the listing side of things and you submit an offer, I'm sorry, and you receive an offer from a buyer, that buyer has to be pre-qualified through your lender. And that was something that we'd write into the contracts. 80% of the time, the buyer's agent was actually thrilled that they had a um, an opportunity to have their buyer get pre-qualified again from our lender, mm -hmm. because then the buyer would then perhaps have uh, other loan products, which would ensure that they would get the loan actually done versus maybe the buyer's agent didn't have that much confidence in their own loan, uh, in their own uh, loan officer. More experienced agents would have a high level of confidence in their loan officer. And that in those cases, obviously, they wouldn't necessarily go with that. But these are all the things that we're going to talk about. So, yeah. Julie, a lender's letter must include all the things that you're about to read yes. off in order for you to actually consider that to be a viable lender's letter. That's right. We're talking about above and beyond the boilerplate standard issue lender's letter, which I'm pretty sure you can download for free and cut and paste. So we don't want to be doing that. How would you know the difference? Well, the things that I'm going to go through right now are the very things that are uh, going into underwriting. And it's also a list of things that can wreck your deals if you don't do it right. So we do need to take a step back. Now, here's the thing that many of you do not know. When you call up Larry, the loan officer, and you ask Larry, the loan officer, to pre-qualify you know, Bob, the buyer, what you will quickly discover is that Larry, the loan officer, and if you're not really experienced, you're not going to know what I'm about to tell you is true. Larry, the loan officer, is coached and trained to put as a little amount of time into getting Bob the buyer pre-qualified as possible. So what Larry the loan officer is going to do is they're probably not going to do a real poll of any credit. They're going to say, what's your credit? What's your social security number? They might ask if they can pull credit if they, or they'll do what's called a soft poll. And then they're going to see what their overall credit score is. And then they're going to ask how long Bob the buyer has been on the job. And hey, Bob, do you have any, do you have any money for a down payment? Okay, that's good. They're not going to verify anything. It is not a loan application. No, it's nothing. And if you have an inexperienced buyer, the buyer is going to assume, well, Larry, the loan officer pre-qualified me. I'm good to go. Yep. But what Larry, the loan officer did is the least amount necessary uh, not even really necessary. He did the least amount. So then he's going to go, as Julie just said, to his you know hard drive someplace and he's going to fire off a, a lender's letter that says, based on, you know, I just spoke with Bob the buyer and based on all the information he gave me and I haven't verified anything, Bob the buyer is good to go up to 500,000 or whatever the number is. That is what most loan officers do. Now, why do they do that? Because they don't want to spend a lot of time with Bob the buyer because they do know Bob the buyer and all the other buyers have, will have a tendency to change their minds. Remember, point number one was there's no such thing as a buyer that has to buy. So what the loan officers are going to do is they're going to do the least amount possible so that they can send out that lender's letter. A pre-qualification letter, a 
pre-approval letter, all these things mean nothing. They're just marketing terms. What you really need to do is you need to say, Mr. Uh, lender, Larry the lender, did you actually do the things that Julie's about to tell you when you basically told Bob he could buy a house? And you will discover, as we just said, 99.9% .9 of the time, they have done maybe marginally one of these things. They certainly haven't done all of them, which means you're working with a buyer who might have the emotional pre-qualifications to buy, but you will find out after you give away months and months and months of nights and weekends that that buyer actually doesn't have the financial ability to buy. And it's your fault for uh, not knowing what we're about to tell you and making that loan officer actually step up to the plate versus just being Larry the lazy loan officer. That's right. And don't ever assume when you ask a buyer if you are pre-approved that they have any idea the difference between a pre-qualification, a pre-approval, and a loan commitment. Why would they? It's your job to educate them. We'll talk about your buyer presentation in a second. But because the terms all sound the same and because the buyer had a conversation does not mean they understand what we're about to go through. And Correct. it's not their job to. So a lender letter must include all the things that actually go into a real loan commitment. Well, you know what? Yeah. I, again, I have my mind's just filling of things. I just don't want these guys to get hurt by sure. you know, lazy Larry, the loan officer. When you get a loan officer to send you, a, he's going to send you a letter stating your buyer is good to go. There cannot be any at the bottom. What they're going to do is a bunch of fluffy stuff. Usually it's three paragraphs, right? So the first paragraph, it's, you know, congratulations, blah, blah, blah. And it's all going to sound good and read good. But then at the very bottom, there's going to be all these little, you know, Larry the Loan Officer codes, one of which is going to be, or I should say, special lender vernacular. Subject to um, a verification of anytime you see any loan officer letter that is, hits your you know hard drive, hits your desktop, and it has anything at the bottom that says subject to the verification of or anything like that, and then they're going to rattle off all the things they didn't do. Uh, in order, in other words, they're going to confess in essence. Well, not all of them, but most of them it's will kind confess. Kind of a semi-disclosure, really. Exactly. They're saying Bob, the buyer is good to go, subject to the if he has a job, has down payment, uh, has good enough credit. Well, but it won't even be that specific. They'll no. say subject to final underwriting. Yeah, which exactly. is a big bucket of what I'm about to rattle off. Right. So subject to's verifications of mm -hmm. is a red flag for you to know that Larry, the lazy loan officer, is off in la la land. Has <laughs> not done a whole lot on the file. Nope. Okay, so what goes into the file? Verification of down payment. Again, we're beyond just the conversation. Yep, I've got money down. Verification of down payment. Verification of employment. Ratios are acceptable. That's the front end ratio, the back end ratio, the relationship between their income and their debt that they're paying on. Okay, ratios. That's a whole other story. All three credit bureau scores have actually been verified. That one right there is worth mm -hmm. talking about. Now, yep. first of all, it is not your job to verify uh, agents listening to what we're saying. I know we have a lot of loan officers that are listening as well. Loan officers, if you're listening, we're making agents smarter. And I realize you guys are coming off the biggest refinance boom uh, in, you know, ever. And many of the loan officers out there have no clue how to work with agents. Well, I got an idea for you. Why don't you take this podcast? Why don't you share it with all the agents that... Uh, uh, you're working with or hope to prospect so you can start getting their uh, their deals, yep. their new purchase deals. And then why don't you explain to them that you are not Larry the Lazy Loan Officer. And, and now if your name is Larry, you might want to edit it to make it, you know, Lucy the Lazy Loan Something Officer, like but you that. get the idea. Yep. Anyway, so and tell them that you're going to not be sending a fictitious loan officer letters. You are actually doing what Tim and Julie suggest, and you're actually drilling down all these points. Now let's talk about the three credit bureau mm -hmm. things. This is something that trips up a lot of agents. 
There are three credit reporting agencies, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. Yes. Okay. Now, what will happen, and I forget which one, TransUnion, I think, which one has tendency to have the highest credit score? Do you remember? I think Experian does. Yeah, Experian. So what most loan officers will do, there's a hard pull and there's a, a soft pull of credit. A soft pull, supposedly, doesn't actually adversely, it shows up in your credit that you had a soft pull, but it, these are loan officer terms you don't have to know. You just have to sort of know so you can you know, quiz your loan officers to make sure you're working with a good one. If they do a soft poll, it's only going to be of one credit reporting agency. It's not going to be of the other two. And chances are they're only going to do a soft poll. What you want them to do is three credit bureaus, and they have to do hard polls of all three credit re uh, reporting agencies. Now, why is that different? Because they're going to have to get something signed by the prospective borrower, giving them permission to check their credit. Now, why do I want you to do that? Because in a market like this, if your borrower is not willing to allow a loan officer to actually do a real credit check, that's not a real buyer. That's what we call a looker. Yes. Yeah, so why wouldn't they allow the lender to take a look at their credit? Hmm. Now, here's, here's a couple of tips on this. It used to be that the borrower would go into the loan officer's office, sit down, and physically fill out a loan app. This is even more, uh, you know easy because it's all on the, on DocuSign. It's all digital now. So if a buyer doesn't want to do it digitally, which takes about two seconds to do to DocuSign and send it back, probably an early warning sign. Now, a second tip, you can go personally, agents and loan officers, you can check your own credit. I don't suggest you doing doing that to your borrower because you don't have specific permission. But unless you, you, you do, unless, unless you, are, you do as a loan officer, unless you're a loan officer and an agent. And by the way, there is a form um, that loan officers do have to be uh, have signed, and it allows them to legally essentially become right. you know issue a, a, be your loan officer. So if none of this has been done, you need to be asked. You need to seriously be questioning whether that's a real buyer. That's the point. Buyers have to be willing to jump through some fiery burning hoops before you give away your valuable time because you don't get that time back. And that's time that Julie and I would frankly rather have had you working with true, really motivated buyers. And we're about to share with you our script and or focusing on going after listings. Yes. Now, with regards to credit, you can go or your borrower can go to Experian.com and actually pull all three credit scores and reports on their own. I think it costs like 37 bucks or you can do like a cheap membership for the well, whole year. You do that for us. I what's, do it all the time. What, <laughs> Julie's addicted to it. But what's the... Um, it's a game for me. What, what's the system you use for that? How do you go to it's each of them individually? No, if you go to Experian.com, Experian will allow you to pull all three and compare them on the same screen. And then you can click and go deeper and take a look at, you know, maybe something's outdated or maybe it, it shouldn't be on your credit report. You can deal with all credit issues through Experian.com. So that might be a good, that's a great thing to yeah. be lending, you know, having your borrowers do and have them print Especially out the reports. Early on. And have them then give that to the loan officers or, you know, have it yeah. in the file so that they're prepared for it. Because a lot of times with lender overlays, and a lender overlay is essentially an added set of rules that the lenders are putting on top of whatever the normal standards are to get a loan. And what lenders are going to do, the easy button for them, when in times like this, frankly, when they're starting to worry about people's job stability in the economy is they mm -hmm. increase their mandatory or the minimum credit scoring requirements. Now, what they'll do is they'll take all three credit re reporting agencies' numbers, and then in most cases, they'll average them. So if you have a really good Equifax number, for example, but then you have the two other numbers, and this is, we've helped you guys through these problems over the years, will almost always happen is there's going to be some sort of derogatory credit on one of the bureaus and the other two don't reflect it. But the one with the crappy credit or the one with the lower number is going to bring the other two numbers down mm -hmm. and it's going to make it for that borrower who doesn't qualify. 
Yes, and I have an interesting angle on that too. So uh, let's say, why is this important? So early on, when they're just in the pre-qualification process, none of this stuff has actually happened. And the, and the buyers being maybe a little bit nervous, especially first-time buyers, it's great for them to actually know their credit scores because a lot of times lenders will also take the lower average and they'll say, well, you know what, you're at a 710 and you can't have that great interest rate unless you're at 720. And maybe I'm gonna charge you a half a point. So you can go to Experian, I think it's called Experian 8 or something like that. Um, and if you attach your utility bills to Experian and you've got them on auto draft, that alone, which I think it takes about 10 minutes to do, will raise a credit score. I think they say between eight and 15 points. So what if you're right on that cusp between, maybe the lender overlay says it's gotta be 725 instead of 720. You can do that one simple thing, and most people do have their utilities on auto draft, which will instantly raise your credit. I mean, it takes like 48 hours to raise it by eight or 15 points. And also guys, sometimes you'll see loan officers, God bless you loan officers, we love you. The loan officers will actually say, well, because you have this credit score versus that credit score, you don't qualify for whatever the, you know, this ideal mortgage program is. So we're gonna have to t put you in this other mortgage program. Well, it turns out the other mortgage program that the uh, lender's putting them towards is actually gonna pay a better a commission to the loan officer. But if you actually know what your credit score is, that's power. They can't really screw you around that much at the end of the day. You have to be preparing your borrowers. Now, I want you to think about something. You're talking to a buyer. You're sharing this information with them. You're telling them how you're going to protect them, you know, from all the, you know, potential you know, landmines that are in the way of getting a loan. And that instantly is going to make those buyers love you. But if they don't want to follow, again, this is really important. If they don't want to follow the rules to be an actual pre-qualified, pre pre-approved for real uh, borrower, you should not work with them hoping and praying that one day they change their mind. Just don't work with them unless they actually are willing to put in the work to prove that they have their viable financial financially motivated buyers. Now, I'll say this as well. If you are competitive, if you're trying to, what happened here, by the way? If you're competitive and you're trying to get a-, a um, It's correct, it's fine. Oh, it is? Okay. And if you're trying to get a, a seller or a listing agent to accept your offer, and let's say all things are the same, except you have got your borrower completely approved, the only subject to the appraisal of the home, whose offer do you think that listing agent's going to probably want the seller to accept? That's right. So a loan commitment means they've been through all of these. We've got a couple more points to add here, but loan commitment means they have actually done all of this. And a lot of listing agents consider a loan commitment as valuable as a cash offer. For sure. Well, so, in a changing yeah, market like this, especially. there's going to be fewer cash uh, offers. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So we talked a lot about credit. We've actually, maybe a year and a half ago, we did a whole podcast series all about credit. Uh, so the next thing that has to be in here is on the letter, not contingent on anything except identification of the property and appraisal at or above the purchase price. Not contingent on anything like, you know, selling their car to beef up their down payment, anything well, weird like that or secret property that they haven't sold yet. That goes back to all the monkey business that lazy loan officers are going to put in their lender's letters. That's a lot of L's <laughs> to try to make, essentially obfuscate the fact that they didn't actually pre-qualify or do any work on the file. Not contingent on anything except the, the appraisal of the subject property or the buyers, the uh, house that the buyers choose. Uh, that's it. If your lender is not putting in the work and not getting your buyers to the point where all they have to do is put a toe into the end zone and they win the game, then that is a 
not very good loan officer or B, not very motivated buyer. In both cases, you need to hit the next button. Next point, Julie. Next one. This sounds funny, but purchaser is a U.S. citizen. Usually that comes out on the loan application because they have to give either a passport or a driver's license. In certain markets, this really is a significant issue, and it would come out on that bottom part of the lender letter subject to you know, uh, proof of identification or something like that. Now, know you're in some, obviously, green card holders and all the rest of it, you're going to want to work with a loan officer that knows how to work right. with, you know, obviously, non-U.S. citizens. They know citizens. what to do. Right. And there's lots of non-U.S. citizens who buy houses in the United States. It's a pretty normal yes, thing. But I have had that come up on underwriting with uh, clients before where everything else was okay, but they have this little glitch in their citizenship. Okay. So next, pre-approved to purchase at the price they're in contract for. Now, what does that mean? How many of you are working with buyers who are carrying around or you have in your file their lender letter that you've had for 90 days? Meanwhile, interest rates have gone up almost two points. Meanwhile, prices have gone up. So they're pre-approved or loan committed to purchase at the price you've actually got them in contract for or at a certain price that the lender has said they're able to go up to. Some of that gets outdated. Remember, we have to do that. So get to yes. point number yep, three and let's get it. to the prequel okay, script. So that was all about your lender letters. If right. it doesn't include that, I don't know what you're doing. And the dance that the buyers do with this is, I'll do that when you find me the right house. That's not somebody that you want to be taking around. We have sample uh, actual acceptable lender letters on Premier Coaching. If you guys, and we're going to update all those right now. So the newest version of what the lenders should be providing to your prospective uh, borrowers and buyers, that's going to be downloadable so you can actually see what we're talking about and understand. And again, if you want to join Premier Coaching, you can join for 30 days for free. Why all of you wouldn't instantly do that is beyond me. Text the word Premier to 47372. Text the word Premier to 47372. Remember, message and data rates may apply. Point number three, and then we're going to have fun with the buyer pre-qualification script. That's right. Point number three. Your buyers must be non-combative and what we call coachable by you. Meet and present your buyer presentation. That's right. You get a buyer presentation and coaching, educating them on market conditions as well as what they should expect from you. If after that presentation, they still want to do things like lowball or look before they're pre-approved, they may not be serious. Your goal of the buyer presentation is to get the buyers to sign an exclusive buyer agency agreement. You have to use the Harris Buyer presentation to explain to them why they would want to work with you exclusively. For example, what are your unique selling propositions? Some of you guys don't get that signed because you never did a buyer presentation. Why would they sign that with you? Now, here's the reason this is all relevant. Many of you are buyer's agents because you are used to having a more social experience and working with buyers. Buyers, generally speaking, do not really put you through the ringer as far as qualifying you to work with them to open doors and you know be their buyer's agent, right? It's not, working with buyers, as Julius has said, is a social experience. It's more of a getting to know you friendly, just, you know, it's kind of fun. Working with sellers requires skills and there's a huge difference, but here's what's happening in the marketplace. Working with buyers is gonna require skills, not the same skills as working with sellers, but pretty much the same level of skill. And that's what the buyer presentation is all about. You, Some seller is going to choose you over another uh, listing, prospective listing agent based on what's called your USPs, unique selling propositions. In other words, why would I list my house with you versus somebody else? Again, we're leaving this market where basically uh, sellers weren't to be that choosy who they're going to list with because they knew the house would sell, that, sell itself, even if it was overpriced, even if it was in bad condition, bad location. And by the way, that's still pretty much going on. But we're moving away from that marketplace and we're going to enter into a marketplace where sellers are going to be much more particular, of course. Well, the same thing 
thing is happening with buyers. And here's another thing that's potentially going to happen. In many of the marketplaces around the country, it is very realistic that you're going to have to start explaining to the buyer why they should be paying your buyer's agent commission. In other words, buyer's agent commission will no longer be an automatic entitlement to the real estate transaction. Now, do we think buyer agent commissions are going to go away? No, we do not. We do think buyer agent commissions are going to stay a part of the transaction. We do think that um, you know, it's still going to be paid mostly by the seller. But what's going to happen is you're going to have to write, it already is basically in the listing contract, but you're going to have to start writing into the purchase contract that the listing or the seller will pay up to X percent towards the buyer's agent's commission. And what you're going to have to do is explain to that buyer why they are, you know, in essence, obligating themselves to pay your buyer's agent commission. So you right now are expecting whatever you're expecting working with a buyer, 2%, 3%, 1%, whatever your number happens to be, right? We're not suggesting commissions, but here's the reality of it. It's stated in the MLS. You know what you're going to get if you sell that house. What if it's no longer stated in the MLS and you have to start essentially presenting to the buyer why they should be paying your commission? Many of you are not going to know what to do. Many of you who have not taken the time to develop a skill set, a sales-minded approach that's obviously focused on helping people, you're going to be blown out of the waters. Am I being direct? Yes, I am, because what I'm saying is true. So as part of a premier coaching program, what we do is we give you a whole buyer uh, presentation, explains to the buyer what you do, why you, you know, working with builders, working with unrepresented owners, working with expireds, working, you know, exactly how agency works, the whole thing. It is a proper presentation. It's not just, hey, let's meet at Starbucks and open some doors for you. The end result of the buyer's agent presentation is getting an exclusive buyer agency contract signed. That is your goal. They work with you. They are exclusive to working with you. And you then in the buyer's agent agreement have parameters into which they'll work in these particular areas, this particular time frame. But you're also going to have to add to the buyer's agent commission or buyer's agent agreement your other USPs. What is it? What are your service guarantees? Like when you're working with us to become a listing agent, we teach you to make it so that the sellers want to work with you because you're giving them advantages to working with you that they're not going to get from another listing agent. What differentiates you in the marketplace from work, from another buyer's agent? Nothing. That's the reason you have to learn how to differentiate yourself. And that's about learning how to become a premier coaching student. And we talked about that before. Just text the word premier to 47372 and learn the very highest levels of how to work with buyers. Now, we're going to, dum -ba -dum, hopefully As this promised. opens. This better open. Oh, there, okay, it is. there it is. All right. Yes. So we're going to go through and we're going to read now this buyer agent, or I'm sorry, this buyer prequalification script. This is a script that's been used billions and billions, billions of Carl times. Sagan. And so it works in every market. So right. Julie, since you typed I'll be it. I'll the buyer. You went, oh, you're going to make it. I mean, all right, fine. I'll do all the work. All right. So you can use this script anytime you're prequalifying a buyer. And the, the, the smartest move to do would be have these printed out. Uh, in paper, you know. <laughs> at least until it's really ingrained into your brain. But yeah. even then, frankly, I wouldn't it's, do it that way. It's smart because it is fill in the blank the way we give it to you. Exactly. So this is a fill in the blank form. So this is you calling them back or, you know, it's this the start of the conversation is dependent on how you've actually engaged with them. Maybe they called back or you're calling back from 800 home hotline. Maybe they you're following up on a lead call. Maybe you're however you're coming across them. So Julie, why don't yes. you just go ahead okay, and so just to make sure that they're clear on this as they're taking notes. It doesn't matter whether you're calling them back, whether you answer the phone because they called on one of your listings. 
the way they came to you doesn't matter. They could have texted you, voicemailed you, emailed you, called you directly, or you're calling them back. So don't make a bunch of elaborate rules. I'll just do this. it. Hey, this, this is Tim, this is the, you know, again, these are all numbered one through, these are the, the questions you're supposed to ask. And I'm going to read it as it's written. And I'm going to, so you guys can visualize how this looks. Um, Start with, yeah. So, hi, I'm calling on the listing located on Elm Street. That's a great house. Everyone's calling on that one. Give me a moment to look it up in the computer to make sure it's still available. Okay. Hey, this is Tim Harris. With whom am I speaking? Uh, this is Julie. Oh, wonderful. Nice to meet you, Julie. In case we get disconnected, what is your best phone number, your best your, your cell phone number? Uh, it's 555-1212. Excellent. 555-1212. Thanks. Hey, um, by the way, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? Oh, uh, well, I live over on Oak Street, so I'm not really sure yet. I'm, I'm just trying to find out the price on this. Okay, no problem. Um, I'm almost found that one. But just so that I'm clear, would you be selling the house on Oak Street before you'd be purchasing your next house? Uh, well, I don't have to, but I might want to. It just depends on pricing and you know I'm, I'm just getting started here okay perfect I appreciate that so how, you said you're just getting started mm -hmm. how long have you been looking for a home uh, you know off and on maybe about six months you know we go to open houses and stuff like that okay cool get it six months so I assume because you're calling me directly uh, that you're not working with another real estate agent nope nope no, I don't think so I mean we talked to open house agents but that's it okay good so you said you've been looking for about six months mm -hmm. interesting um, ideally, what do you want in your next home? Oh, well, you know, it's got to be a three bedroom. We have to have two baths. We'd love to have a great backyard. And, uh, you know, we'd, we'd really like to stay in the school district. Have you seen any homes that you've liked in the time you've been looking? Uh, well, they've all sold underneath us. So, yeah, but they're all gone now. But you have seen some places you've liked, right? Yeah, 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 sure. Okay, good. So um, so what did you like about the property? Like, what was the last one that you liked? Oh, well, we fell in love with this one that we just lost. It had the most beautiful backyard, and it was in just the, you know, our kids can walk to school from that area. Great. So what school district were you thinking about? Uh, it's the ABC school district. Oh, ABC. That's an excellent one. Yeah, our mm -hmm. kids go there, too. So just so that I'm clear, you're looking for a home that's in the ABC school district that your kids can walk to school um, and you said you found a home that you liked, but it sold uh, relatively yeah. quick. What was the price on that one? Uh, it was five fifty. Okay, so the reason it didn't work out was because somebody purchased it quicker than you had an opportunity to. That's right. It was practically in contract by the time we saw it. Okay, I appreciate that. It happens a lot, obviously. So let me ask you: If I were to show you a home that fits fits all your needs, this is the home you've been looking for on a scale of one to ten, with ten meaning that you would absolutely immediately buy the house. Where would you rate yourself? Uh, well, probably a seven, I think, right now. Ah, seven. Congratulations. So what would it take to move you to a 10? Well, I'd have to know that there was a house out there that we liked well enough in our price range that could keep us in the school district. Okay. I understand completely. I appreciate that. So, what was the price on that Elm Street again? Oh, I'm sorry. It was four ninety nine. Oh, four ninety nine. Yeah, and that house is still available. So next wow. is summer. I don't. I think I might have some others that are a good fit for you too. So next, um, tell me exactly. Uh, so I'm hearing what you're saying, Julie, is that you're looking for a house in the ABC School District. You're looking something that sounds like, and say maybe in the the same price range as the property you called on. Bedrooms, bathrooms. Give me a, a drill down on that. Uh, three bedrooms, two baths. Ideally, a two car garage and a really killer backyard would make us happy. Okay, perfect. When you mean killer backyard, um, well, like what are you describing? Fenced in backyard, certain yeah, size. I mean, we've got two big dogs and a bunch of kids and just some privacy and safety, maybe in the back of a cul-de-sac or something like that. I understand completely. That sounds wonderful. So what's the name of the lender that you've been pre-approved uh, with? Um, it's uh, Larry Smith. 
Okay. So if, by the way, uh, agents, if they didn't have a lender, this is a great time for you to basically, now that you have their information, you say, if they don't have a lender, great. I'll have my lender contact you today, probably in the next few minutes. So if they don't have a lender, you're going to hook them up with a lender that you know is going to get the job done. So what was the price range that uh, Larry Smith has pre-approved you for? Well, he said we really shouldn't go over 750. I mean, we're approved that high. I'm really not comfortable over seven though. Okay. I understand completely. So have you actually gotten approved or are you just starting the process? Well, I don't know. I mean, I talked to him and he asked me about our jobs and he asked me what I thought our credit was. So I don't know. I, I guess we're pre-something. <laughs> pre-something. I understand. <laughs> well, do you remember signing a loan application? No, we haven't gotten that far yet. Okay, got it. I understand. So, right, the loan application is the official start to the loan process, but you already purchased a home before, so you probably know all this. Oh, yeah. Okay, great. And so what was, you said Larry was the name of your loan officer? Yeah, it's at uh, Premier Lending downtown. Town. All right, excellent. Yeah. So let me ask you, is there anything else that I didn't ask you that I should have, or is there anything else that I need to know? Well, I mean, our biggest concern is, you know, buying a house, not making ourselves homeless. What would the strategy on that be? I guess I, I just, it, the whole thing just makes me nervous. I understand. So your biggest concern is that essentially you would obviously like to avoid moving twice. Yes. You'd like to get your property sold. Yeah, but I also don't want to rent for a bunch of time. I really don't want to displace all the pets and the kids and all that. I understand. So here's good news for you. In a marketplace like this, since you would be a seller, you're actually going to have a lot of control over when you would give up possession of the property. So I can make this so that it should time out perfectly once we find the right house for you. And I'm really anxious to show you this property that you called about. Yeah, I'd love to see that. Okay, great. So here's what's going to happen next. We're going to set up an appointment for you to come into my office so that we can get the process started. At that same appointment, we're going to see the homes that I found for you and maybe some other houses that have come up that aren't officially for sale yet. And I understand you didn't want to go over 700. So I'm looking forward to showing you that property you called on. And then we're also going to look at some other properties that I know about. Make sense? Yeah, God, that'd be awesome. I can't believe you actually answered your phone. <laughs> of course, I'm going to answer my phone. I'm going to contact your lender and let him know that I'm, we're working together uh, so I can work together with him to make sure that the home buying process is moved forward. Because one of the things that really matters in a market like this, Julie, is the sellers see that you're completely pre-approved and I'll work with your lender to make sure that gets done. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm going to look, assuming we sell this thing, I'm going to need that to be solid too. Okay. And then at the bottom of this form, um, agents, is an appointment uh, date and an appointment time. Now that is the pre, uh, pre that is basically the pre-qualification script. We just gave it to you. Yes. So we did that fairly quickly because you and I are used to that back and forth. This is absolutely something you get with coaching. The coaches drill this with you all the time. But let's revisit why this works from, you know, basically the beginning. Actually, you know, let's wait till tomorrow to do that. We can do that. So we'll, yeah. we'll keep this up and then we're going to have you guys take a little bit more notes because there's so many pearls in there, as Howard Brenton would say. Mm -hmm. You know, things like, in case we get disconnected, what's your best phone number? You do that early in the call, right? For a reason. You guys complain about somebody ghosting you, don't have phone numbers. Get it out early. Well, the one that really blows people away, the first agents, especially ones that have been in the business for a while, is mm -hmm. question number three. Which, is, which house in the neighborhood are you thinking about selling? Golden. In, in other words, asking about... 
whether they're a seller or not right at the very top of the script. But most agents are trained to do, and frankly, I don't even know if they're trained to do it. They just do it. Is they almost avoid asking the prospect if they have a house to sell. Yeah. And sometimes they forget to ask or never ask it. And then when they're working with that buyer to buy a house, they drop the buyer off at the house and they see another agent sign in the yard. And they oh. ask the seller why they didn't list with them. And the seller was like, well, I just thought you worked with buyers. You never asked me for my listing. Yeah. And worse than that, some of you guys have stopped calling buyer leads back because you're just so exhausted working with your existing buyers that you're missing the listing leads because you just think it's a buyer call. Right. Don't think of buyer calls as buyer calls anymore. Think of buyer calls as many of them, probably depending on the price point, as much as like 90 or 100% of them are going to have houses to sell. Upper end stuff, they're all going to have houses to sell. So stop lamenting working with buyers and start seeing buyers what they really are, are hidden seller prospects. And in doing so, you're then going to put transactions together yourself. You're going to know that, you know, uh, Julie just called and Julie's got a house on Elk Street or whatever you said. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to uh, get another call from, uh, you know, let's Sylvia and Sylvia happens to be looking for a house on Oak Street. Now, you know, a house that's not for sale, mm -hmm. but the seller's thinking about selling and boom, bada boom. You guys see how this works? This is the power of actually having sales skills, folks. Are you now putting all these thoughts together in your head? This is not about buying leads and working on your branding and doing a TikTok video. This is actually knowing what to say and how to say it. And we just went through this script. And like Julie said, tomorrow we're going to drill down on it more and we're going to go through more of the details. By the way, that was just page one. Yes. So yeah. eat we, your Wheaties. We have to go through tomorrow. We're going to go through questions eight through 19 on the buyer pre-qualification script. We only went today through questions one through... We made it almost to page three. We're... We covered most of the ground. Uh, you know what we didn't do, though? Look. Yes. Um, yeah, at the very end of it. We'll, we'll jump back into this. So you guys will definitely want to be taking notes tomorrow as well. And you can shoot us any questions that you might have as well. Is it okay if they text you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Guys, do text me at 512-758-0206, 512-758-0206. And like Julie said, tomorrow on the pod, we're going to go through the script line by line so you can understand why the questions are asked in which in the order in which they're asked now it's important that you understand that when you're learning something you're trying to master something it is important that you memorize it but after you memorize it you internalize it then after you internalize it then you can personalize it what so many agents do mostly the agents that don't last is they don't ever memorize it they don't ever internalize it turn and, and memorizing is the first step because memorizing you're just remembering words this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.